How's it, everyone? My name is Mike Kabuko, and welcome to another episode of the Love Notes for Life podcast, your creative space for amplifying greatness through gratitude. Finally, where you been, brother? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. So sorry, but life has been so busy with school and work and the holidays. Anyways, no excuses, yeah, but I felt like it wouldn't be right without squeezing in one more episode before we close out the year. So, by the time this podcast drops, I'll be on Christmas break, courtesy of my workplace, and also be on break from grad school. Speaking of grad school, talk about staying busy. Now, if you feel bored, just go back to school. (laughs) Because, seriously, I mean, it's been crazy busy. I've been doing a lot of writing and researching, and thankfully, the coursework is actually pretty fun. And I guess there's value in studying what you're actually interested in. So yeah, it does make the coursework go fast, and I'm not complaining. But anyways, thank you all for tuning in to the last Love Notes for Life podcast episode for the year, of course. I'm not going anywhere, and I'll continue to talk your ear off into 2024, and basically just do the same thing, (laughs) hopefully for the best. I'm kidding. Or maybe I'm not. I'm serious. Whatever it may be. Okay, let's try it again. Now, hopefully for the best, just talking story, sharing some love notes, and best of all, finding more opportunities to learn about the world we live in and find growth throughout the process. And even though I run one small podcast, it's my way of putting out good vibes and mana back into the world. And there's my dog. How's it, Winston? Now, a few weeks back, I finally made it back to Hawaii on the beautiful island of Oahu, which is also the first place I called home, but more on that later. So, my parents and I have made it a family tradition to try at least go back to Hawaii every year, but with the new job here in Seattle and me just trying to get settled in, we all thought it would be best to skip last year, but man... I never realized how much I missed Oahu until I finally got off the plane and felt the heat kiss my skin while walking around Daniel K. Inouye Airport. Yeah, you know, it's definitely a unique characteristic of Hawaii. And I tell you what, this particular trip definitely felt different. Like seriously, homesick vibes for days. And I kept thinking why that was the case after I got back to the mainland. And for someone like me, who only had limited memories as a baby in Hawaii for whatever reason, I always felt connected to the island, the first place I called home. I guess maybe it's because of who I am, not in like a Jackie Chan kind of way in his 1998 action movie, Who Am I? Who am I? (laughs) You haven't seen it? No? Well, you're not missing anything. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I love that movie. But yeah, it was more of on the popcorn side of things, but I highly recommend it if you haven't watched it. Anyways, so I was born in Wahiwa, Hawaii, and it was purely by chance. At the time, my dad was stationed at Wheeler, serving in the Air Force, so my parents lived outside of the base in Wahiwa. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with the place, but have been to Oahu, I usually tell people it's the little town you hit right before the Dole Plantation if you're heading towards the North Shore. And it's such a small town compared to the hustle and bustle of Honolulu. Now, while my parents weren't born and raised in Hawaii, they definitely had an easier time blending in with the locals. 
So my dad and my mom are two first-generation Americans, originally born in the Philippines with a mixture of Filipino, Chinese, and Spanish descent. And if you know one local in Hawaii, I can guarantee you diversity and having a mixed ethnicity background is very common. And we all have the plantation days to thank for that. It was in the 1880s that the first Japanese immigrants migrated to Hawaii to work on the sugar and fruit plantations. Next thing you know, the Filipinos came over, then the Chinese, the Portuguese, and even people all the way from Africa came to the islands to work. All these immigrants would eventually become the first locals of Hawaii. And it's important to remember that even though these groups of people from all over the world began to call Hawaii their home, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're Hawaiian. And that's because we can't forget about paying respect to the true first locals, the Kanaka Maole, or the indigenous people of Hawaii. So with all these different backgrounds coming from all over the world, Hawaii became a place where diversity was bound to happen to ensure harmony on the island. So here I was, a little baby boy, born on Hawaii by chance, And while I wish I could say, yeah, I grew up in Hawaii and I remember getting Manapua from the Manapua man truck and I spent my weekend surfing at Sandy's. Unfortunately, I can't (laughs) because I was first and foremost a military brat and I barely got a chance to ever settle in one place and create roots. So a few years after I was born, we picked up and went back to the mainland and headed to California. From there, we ended up in New Jersey and then flew all the way across the world to northern Japan and then eventually headed back to California. And that's where I graduated from, good old Wheatland Union High School, (laughs) and then went to university at UC Davis and then landed my first job at Beale Air Force Base near Wheatland, California. And now I'm up here living in Seattle. And I finally made it past my second Christmas, and to be honest, it's been kind of a struggle with settling down roots and actually calling this place home. I mean, I know, technically, yeah, I live here, and technically, yeah, that means this is home, but it's still tough being far from my cousins, relatives, my parents, and basically my big family. And if you know Filipinos, we have big families, and that includes people that are not even related to you. No, true story, I no lie. In the Filipino culture, anybody that's close to you, even if you're not related, is regarded as auntie or uncle. And close friends, we call them cousins. And if they're older, we call them kuya for men and ate for women. And you see, there's this deep respect for family. The idea of kapamilya, which is Tagalog for someone you recognize as family, blood-related or not. And I wish I could say that moving to a new place was easy, but it really wasn't, and it has taken me a lot of time getting used to. And for those of you who are bold enough to leave home, a place that's so familiar, and venture out to the unknown, like Elsa from Frozen, well, it's both a daunting task, but a rewarding adventure. Because, sure, you know what home is, you know what comfort feels like, and ultimately, the place you call home isn't going anywhere. But when it comes to rapid growth and sustainable growth, the easiest way to grow is to do the hard things first early in life rather than waiting and waiting until you're old and matanda (laughs) and then you don't even have the willpower to even try. 
But there's nothing wrong about wanting to stay comfortable. I mean, it all comes down to personal choice. I mean, after living here in Seattle for a few years, I've gotten to know a few people that had zero ambition to leave Washington. I mean, they pretty much spent their entire life here in this one state, and they seemed pretty content. And after getting to know them and asking them if they ever consider leaving, well, their answer usually ended up being that this place, Seattle, the Puget Sound, all of it is home to them. And I can empathize with them to a certain extent. Because yeah, maybe I never stayed in one place for too long. But when my family did our final military move to California, that became the place I considered home. I mean, I finished high school there, finished college there, and I got a proper engineering job there as well. So yeah, it was a place of comfort and familiarity. And to be honest, I thought I would have never leaved as well. I thought I would have worked at the same job until retirement. But there came a time when I didn't want comfort anymore. I wanted growth. And I took the risk, got the job, and ended up in a place, a new unfamiliar place, that now became my home. Maybe not my forever home, but a home nonetheless. Which got me thinking, how do you define a home? Like, sure, I mean, technically, the definition of a home is a place of residence. You know, four walls and a roof. But I've also thought of a home as more of an idea or a feeling, like a cozy place surrounded by familiarity. And to tell you what, on my recent trip back to Hawaii, I'm not going to lie, it really felt like I was going back home. Sure, of course I didn't technically grow up on the island, but being there on the aina, surrounded by the sea, the gorgeous scenery, the local people, the kama aina, the food, the kau kau, the culture itself, well, my friends, it felt very comfortable. It felt exactly how it would have defined home. And I'll say it again, it's a crazy feeling, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, especially when I was just a baby when I used to live in Hawaii. But somehow, it felt like I've lived there my entire life. And that's when I realized, home, in essence, isn't just a place. Home is embracing the culture that magnifies your life. You see, even if I never grew up in Hawaii, I was still raised like I was on the island. As a second-generation Filipino-American, I was partly raised old country, deeply rooted in the Filipino culture, as my family managed to learn more about what it meant to be an American. I think for many people in my situation, where you had parents that moved to the United States when they were teenagers, well, there's that stronger, lingering cultural aspect of the old country that still finds its way nestled in their luggage. It's not like a switch, you know, like just because you left one cultural environment and entered the next, then you would immediately forget where you came from. And I saw it firsthand when my grandparents also moved to the States to help raise me as a little kid. I was fortunate enough to experience what it meant to be island raised through the eyes of my parents and grandparents. My grandpa and grandma were definitely old school. And funny story, my earliest memories as a kid always involved them. I can still recall my grandma always making food. Cooking was her passion, and making me a big overweight kid was another passion as well. I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> but no, really, she loved to cook, and in turn, I enjoyed eating it. So it was a win win situation all around. But I would learn to enjoy food, recipes from the old country. And if you have Filipino friends, you know what I'm talking about lumpia, sinigang, pork adobo, pancit, lechon. And here's one that for all the brave souls out there, the chocolate meat, a.k.a. Dinigoan. <laughs> well, yeah, you name it, and I probably ate it. And I could have probably skipped the Dinigoan. But anyways, these foods were far from your typical Western food. And that's the funny thing. You ask one Filipino, no, actually, you ask one local from Hawaii, hey, brada, what do you think mainland Kaukau is? He's probably going to tell you what my grandparents, my parents, my cousins, and every person that wasn't born in the States would have told me, which is one fast food, burgers, fries, steak, fried chicken, and maybe some sort of pasta dish. Oh yeah, and pizza. And sure, it's a joke, but it's mainly true. But at the same time, it really makes for some weird conversations, especially in high school. Like I remember when I was a kid, I would bring food to school in my little lunchbox and it would have my usual bento, rice, and some sort of meat dish. And sometimes the smell can be a little foreign, so one whiff of my dish for my friends had some of my, let's just say it, Caucasian friends with their eyebrows raised. Uh, it got to the point where I kind of got a little bit embarrassed and started replacing my meals with American quote-unquote substitutes. Like I would skip on the Filipino food and bring one bag of potato chips and a deli meat sandwich on the side. I know, I should have been proud, but when you're young, the bullying gets old. So I did what was easy. And that wasn't the only cultural difference. I grew up in a household where you took off your shoes before entering the house. It was a sign of respect and in a way not to bring your dirt into someone else's home. So we had all of our shoes and slippers right by the door, as if it looked like the shoe aisle at one department store. And when friends came over to the house for the first time without having that type of cultural experience, some of them would have been a bit oblivious and would march into the house without consideration. Thankfully, my family wasn't too aggressive, but eventually the unsaid things would be said, like, could you please take your shoes off? And you could see it in my friend's eyes, how they were taking it in this weird, awkward situation. And there it was in the background, getting embarrassed again, that my Filipino heritage struck again and made more of a foreigner of me in a country I was technically born in. So little by little, as I got older, I tried to push away my heritage. I tried to be more American, whatever that meant. And I guess, to be completely honest, I was just trying to fit in with the home I landed into. And that price would lend itself to avoiding anything that would make me a target. I started distancing myself from the food I grew up with. I started eating more American or Western style dishes. And I even avoided any type of cultural club with the words Filipino or Asian American. Hey, I even stopped eating rice for a year straight. And I even broke the biggest rule of being one Filipino American. I started wearing shoes around the house. <laughs> I became this cultural rebel because I thought 
it would make me blend in with the world I was living in. But all that effort was an exercise in being a dummy. <laughs> I was a fool for thinking that I could separate who I was with who I is, which is one Filipino-American, someone that is born in the United States, but with deep cultural roots from the island. And it took me all these years and one special trip back to where I was born to finally realize that. And if you have ever visited Hawaii, then you know that even though Hawaii is the 50th state, it's technically its own country. It is the complete opposite of the mainland or North America. The culture of Hawaii is very similar, if not pretty much the same thing as Filipino culture. And everything, I mean everything that I was doing to try and fit in on the mainland was everything that was totally accepted in Hawaii. Deep respect for family and the elders, the kupuna, check. Local food made with shoyu, sugar, ginger, garlic, chili, pepper, water. Shout out to Kaikana Scanlan. Yeah, right on, brother. Good song. <laughs> check. Not wearing shoes in one house. Yeah, check. Taking care of the aina. Having big family parties or paina. And making sure you bring your best go-to recipe to share. Oh, that's another thing. Always lending a hand, sharing your knowledge, your tools, and helping out when you can, and not being so for yourself, and always being open to the community, and completely being in a state of aloha, a mindset of love, peace, and compassion. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And the more I got to know where I came from, the more I realized that Hawaii was always a place I could call home. It was a place I could come back to and know that I would find comfort in the people, the food, the land, and ultimately the culture, because that's how I was raised. And it was so dumb that he even thought I could push away those feelings. I mean, sure, it's important to learn to adapt to our environments, but before that, it's more important to get to know your roots, to know your cultural roots and where you came from. And I believe this goes for everybody, regardless of race or skin color. Look, I now know the value of clubs, like the Filipino club or the Asian American club. And I think we, as Americans, need to acknowledge true diversity, and not just one-sided diversity. I mean, like, I want to see more European clubs or South American clubs, or even more events hosted by the indigenous people of North America. But I think the U.S. could benefit greatly from showcasing culture, showcasing cultural roots. And not to get so overly political, but I hope that one day when I ask someone what American food is, I'd like to hear, you know, Filipino cuisine or Mexican cuisine or even German cuisine. I mean, you name it. There's one thing that I learned from Hawaii is that home is embracing the culture that magnifies your life. And that also means sharing your roots and sharing your culture with others, regardless of where you came from, whether it be Europe, Asia, Africa, South America, Mexico. Heck, maybe you come from Antarctica, <laughs> for all I know. But yeah, I think that's what's going to make our lives and our world a much brighter place. So now we're heading into 2024, a new year. Obviously, 
Captain Obvious, and I'm not going to chant New Year, New Me, but I do hope that we don't forget where we came from, regardless of where that is. Heck, you could have never had the same experience that I've had, like being a military brat and traveling all over the world. I mean, you could have lived in the Midwest for your entire life, but ultimately, those are your roots, how you grew up. And all those values you learned along the way are gifts that you can share with some local kid like me. And in turn, I can share my heritage and my gifts that I've learned from my parents, my grandparents, and my cultural background. To me, that's the home I'm looking forward to living in. A place that embraces culture and magnifies the life we live. So don't be afraid of being yourself and sharing your culture. And on the flip side, don't be afraid of trying new things or adopting new ideas. Because to me, that's what it means to be Filipino and American. A little bit of this and a little bit of that. And hopefully in the end, a well-rounded person built on the foundation of love, trust, and the spirit of aloha. So to everyone out there, once again, mahalo nui, maraming salamat. And thank you for joining me on this amazing journey of Love Notes for Life. It's been a blast, and I look forward to many more years to come. I wish you all a very Merry Christmas, Malagayang Pasko, Happy Holidays, and a Happy New Year. And always remember, there is beauty in knowing that there is only one of you. Ahui ho. Take care.